High School Slumber Party is brought to you by the Cage Club Podcast Network. For all things Cage Club related, head on over to cageclub.me. That's cageclub.me. Welcome, ghosts, ghouls, goblins, and gremlins. (laughs) Oh, and an extra special shout-out to you witches out there. Oh, yes! This is a special Halloween edition of High School Slumber Party, the podcast where me and some friends look back at our teenage years through the lens of some iconic high school-centric films. I'm Brian Rodriguez, and the Halloween party's at my house later, but first... We have some party prep to do. Thanks for meeting me uh, later than usual today. I, I really appreciate that. And, uh, you know, I just have to collect my things from the high school slumber party classroom, and we can head on over to my place so the real party can begin. The Halloween party. I love this time of year, you know? The candy, the dressing up. It's just It's just a really fun time, and it's like a really uniquely... It's a unique holiday, and it's almost everybody's favorite, you know. By the way, did you catch last week's episode? I thought The Godfather, Joey Lewandowski, and Alex Schroeder were awesome. Summer of 84 was a super cool film as well. And today we're going to be chatting about a film with definitely less jump scares. But it's so bad, it's good, it's a classic, it's Teen Witch. And our guest today is Shawnee Mead, returning from the epic two-part Kissing Booth episode. Oh, and by the way, last week I got some comments on this. I was kidding around about the ghost thing. Trust me, I don't believe in ghosts, or or spirits, or specters, or the undead. And if you're a fan of this show, you know I'm not the biggest horror film fan. I just think they're kind of silly, you know? Like, ooh, the mummy's gonna get me. Like, come on. Huh, that's odd. Nobody's supposed to be here. Oh, it's my former partner, Kyle Reinfried. Hey, Kyle. Hello, Brian. What are you doing here? I haven't seen you in weeks. You might as well be a ghost. I've come to bring you a warning. I know, I know. It's late. The school closes soon. I'm heading out of here. Don't worry. No, a warning about the future of your show. What are you talking about? Have you been sampling some of those artisanal cocktails on your podcast, Foodie Films? I, too, wasn't the biggest horror film fan, and I, too, almost paid... The price. Ah, Joey got pissed at you too. I get it. They are kind of corny, and the people in or you know into them are kind of weird. But horror films are an important part of both of our shows. Oh, you came here just for that? I came here for a warning. You will be visited by three friends. You couldn't text me that. Is that it? Are you? Yes. And check out Foodie Films every Wednesday on cageclub.me. That's cageclub.me. Or wherever you get your podcasts. 
Cool. Uh, you don't want to stick around? Because it's going to be a fun episode. Jesus Christ, who can it be now? Hey, Mike Manzi, host of Cage Club, Third Time's a Charm, and all these other great shows, right? What are you doing here? You're not my guest today. It's not, Mike. I'm the ghost of Halloween movies past. Okay, you're looking a little pasty. I'm here to teach about... Why are you putting that hockey goalie mask on? I'm here to teach about Halloween movies past and bring you a warning. That's funny. I thought you'd be the ghost of Halloween movies future, because that's the ghost who comes third, and... I don't know. Kyle warned me about this, but... Whatever. This is a funny prank, guys. I don't know. What's, what's going on? Brian, if you don't embrace true Halloween classics like Nightmare on Elm Street, Freddy the 13th, Scream, Evil Dead... The Texas Chainsaw Massacre, Venom, and Sleepaway Camp, people will stop listening to your show. Horror films are a very important part of the high school film genre, as well as a very essential aspect of any true sleepover. Why are you talking like that? Might I make some suggestions? Exorcist 3, Day of the Dead, Hellraiser 3, Hell on Earth, Children of the Corn 3, Urban Harvest, Slumber Party Massacre 3. I don't know, I guess I just never got into them as a kid. Not even at sleepovers. To tell you the truth, I didn't have too many sleepovers. I was kind of a loner back then. To be completely honest with you, none of the kids ever wanted to have slumber parties with me. I tried to watch some horror films alone, but... I don't know, I got a little too scared. It was freaky. But didn't you start a podcast so you could go back and do high school the right way? Why not start by embracing horror movies now? What, what fun is a horror film by yourself anyway? It's too late for that. It's never too late to find the cold, black, icy center of your heart. The one that yearns for the blood and jump scares of a good slasher film. Eh, I don't think so, Mike. It's just not my scene. I'm not Mike. Uh, I'm not Mike. I'm the ghost of Halloween movies past. But if I was Mike, I would tell you to listen to Third Time's A Charm. New episodes every third of the month. But I'm not Mike. Okay, ghost of Halloween movies past. I have to go finish my episode. Brian, this is my final warning. If you do not learn to embrace horror films as part of your show, you face a horror worse than anything in any movie, worse than any detention. You face the horror of being cancelled and having nobody to come to your slumber party once again. Ugh, Jesus Christ. And what the hell was with his voice? That, like, electronic tone? I don't know how the hell he did that. Anyway, uh, guys, really sorry. This is, episode's getting weird. Let's just get to it. It's not a horror film, but it's a great film. Teen Witch. And let's take it away with how Teen Witch begins. With, I don't know, Never Gonna Be the Same Again, maybe is the song? They never release a soundtrack, so I don't know what the actual titles are. But this is the sexy sax it begins with. Again, sorry for all this weird stuff happening and other hosts on the Cage Club Podcast Network. Like, 
pranking me or something, or at least just showing up unexpected. I feel like... I thought I was going to be the only one here, but I feel like noises in the hallways. Anyway, 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 I don't believe in this crap. So, whatever the song is called, Sexy Sax, class dismissed. So, I know th there are some differences, but Shawnee, tell me what Halloween is like in Australia. Um, well, there are, well, there's sort of, yeah, differences, I guess, more that you guys have a lot more Halloween everywhere. Um, it's kind of slowly over the years, Halloween is kind of expanding in Australia. Like this year, I think I've been into about five different shops and they all have a Halloween section. Nice. It's pretty amazing because when I was a little kid, mum and I would kind of find the one odd Halloween thing just randomly somewhere in a shop and go, oh my God, it's Halloween. And then we'd just <laughs> buy it. And slowly over time, we just built up a collection of Halloween decorations that now we have a lot of stuff, but we've just kind of built it up over time. But now it's kind of more people are embracing Halloween. I even went into Krispy Kreme the other day and they had Halloween donuts. Nice. It's breaking through. Um, we've, all, we've had probably American carving pumpkins. I think you've probably been able to buy them oh, maybe for about 10, 12 years. Before that, no pumpkin carving because um, Australian pumpkins are quite different. They're quite solid. Because <laughs> uh, like a Queensland blue pumpkin, it's this big, solid, the Pumpkin, the skin is really thick, Wait, so they a, are important. A Queensland to blue? I didn't even know there was different types of pumpkins like that. Yes, so that's like a big chunky. Is it blue? Um, it's sort of greenish blue. Wow, that's it's like a kind count. of beige color. <laughs> it's still a pumpkin, and then we have like a butternut pumpkin, which is sort of like a littler, rounder one. That's orange, but not as orange as carving pumpkins. And again, that's too hard to carve because the skin is a lot thicker and there's a lot of flesh in there so you'd be scooping out the middle for days <laughs> well not quite so they import american carving pumpkins yes they grow, do now maybe i don't know wow that's crazy um, <laughs> i'm not really sure or there's a farm somewhere that grows them now smart they probably they probably do i don't know but every halloween all the different supermarkets have carving pumpkins now 
which is good because now I can use American carving tools on them because I tried to use them on some of our pumpkins a few times and they'd always just snap. Have you carved your pumpkin this year? Um, I have not because because of the seasonal difference because here it's spring. Kind of once you carve your pumpkin, you don't really get very long before it starts to mold. Oh, Okay. And like sag in on itself, and that's not really a good look. So really, yeah, you kind of carve it and get maybe like the next day it's still good, but then after that it gets a bit saggy. Like I did a Frankenstein face one year, and then I'd sort of walk past and go, oh no, like his mouth was all sucking in, like his teeth had come <laughs> out. So yeah, wow, I didn't even realize that. I mean, so we've talked yeah. about off air your uh, love for Halloween. Mm-hmm. You know, it's awesome. It's one of the reasons why I want to bring you back on this podcast and on the show and into the slumber party. I've been uh, following your Twitter, obviously, and seeing how excited you've been about Halloween and Halloween films. Oh, yes, not scary ones though. No, I can't. Not I can't, scary. I can't ones. do anything horror. <laughs> have to be a little bit spooky. Often there'll be movies for for families. So I'll sort of watch Casper. I rewatched <laughs> Casper and Wendy the other day. Oh, that was um, a <laughs> scary experience, but not because of the content of the film. It was just scary how bad it was. But, uh, <laughs> you know, it was amazing when I was eight, but uh, not quite the same now. But uh, <laughs> And we'll definitely uh, talk about that a little bit more because that's kind of one of the reasons you're here today. But every week, yeah. um, first, as you remember, we introduce ourselves and yes, Shawnee, you guys will remember her from the wonderfully mm, uh, epic yes. kissing booth episode. <laughs> the two, our two-part kissing booth episode. and it kept on giving, even though you didn't want it, it kept on <laughs> giving to you anyway. <laughs> and that movie was just, let's be honest, just bad. And today's film, Teen Witch, is more yeah. like awesomely bad. Yeah, quality-wise it's about the same, but um, content-wise, it's a lot better. That one was just, it wasn't really all that enjoyable because it was a bit boring. It was a bit average, but this one, it's sort of, it's so terrible, it's the best. <laughs> I, mean, I don't even know why, it just is. Oh, and we're going to have so much fun talking <laughs> about it. So, Shawnee, introduce yourself in the high school right, slumber well, party um, way. I am back at the slumber party again. Um, hi, everyone. I'm Shawnee Mead. Um, I went to Oatbank Area School. Uh, but sadly, no mascot. So, And we talked about that last time I was on. So if you want to hear all the story of that, <laughs> you can listen to part one of The Kissing Booth because we uh, went into a lot of detail about that. Absolutely. <laughs> yes, but uh, not today. But we'll talk about nope. Halloween and all things Teen Witch and Top That and <laughs> all of that good stuff. <laughs> and you were mentioning um, how you and your mom got into Halloween and, and it's gotten more popular now in Australia, but maybe not so much yeah. before. Did did you go um, trick or treating back then, or like is trick or treating even, um, even a thing in Australia? Yes, it is a thing. It kind of more kids come each year, I think. But <clears throat> I've, yeah, I've been trick or treating oh, probably since about late primary school. So that's sort of always been a thing. Often you kind of show up at someone's door and they go, "What's Halloween?" I don't. <laughs> and then they kind of scramble through the house and go, I have 50 cent. Do you want that? So you sometimes people, or people just tell you to go away because Halloween is weird and it's for pagans. And Wow. <laughs> I've had a few doors slammed in my face with weird people telling me to go away saying I was weird. But uh, 
I love how you're a warrior for Halloween. I really appreciate that. Yes, I'm just I'm, we're bringing Halloween to the people, even though they're not quite sure what it's all about. But some people get a bit. I won't celebrate that because it's an American holiday and it's just commercial, and I don't want to do that because blah. So then I sort of you know go into the well actually. Halloween is this, and then I tell people the kind of the wow. history of it all. You're like and the Australian go, oh. Halloween spirit. I was even telling someone about it the other day, and they went, "Oh, so like everything we sort of know about Halloween actually came from when Halloween started, when it was like a pagan, Celtic kind of thing, and really just America has just taken all those elements and just amplified them a bit." There are a lot you of know, like American exports, right? And, and it's usually taken something from another culture and, like, Americanized it and then reshipped it somewhere. <laughs> and a lot of that stuff is yeah. bad, but mm. I am very, Not very Halloween. happy yeah. for the spread of Halloween and the spread of American high school films. So so we, I think we can be in agreement on that. I am happy for both of those as well. Um... <laughs> so, so before we do a deep dive into Teen Witch, some more mm-hmm. Halloween questions, because I am, again, so... I'm so curious mm-hmm. about this 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 passage of Halloween to the world, because um, <laughs> we were again talking off air, and you mentioned that you were, I think, in the United States last year for Halloween. Tell us about that. I I was. Um, well, I suppose because as a kid, a film that was a big movie over here was Hocus Pocus, the you know Halloween classic. Absolutely, it's uh, getting such a resurgence. I can't tell you how many podcasts did Hocus Pocus episodes this year. I can't. I'm kind of glad I'm going to wait till next year because it was, even on Cage Club Podcast Network, Wistful Thinking and another one did Hocus Pocus. I can't remember. Yes, I think it was Contenders. Yes, the, the Contenders, contenders also did Hocus well. Pocus, and there's lots of podcasts around. I think it's kind of a it's not a controversial film, but it seems. <laughs> <laughs> Not everyone on Rewatch loves it anymore. Um, I still do because it's it's been my favourite forever. Um, so because of that film, because it's all set in Salem and Halloween, I've always kind of considered Salem to be sort of like, you know, Halloween mecca, I guess, of America. And my mum and I, because we love Halloween so much, we've always wanted to do a proper Halloween, be in America, do the whole thing. Just have a full-on Halloween where everyone actually knows what's happening and people don't think you're weird because you're decorating with pumpkins and stuff at the front. Um, So yeah, last year my mum and I went to Salem. We did travel other places. We didn't just go for that. But um, we went for the week of Halloween. We were in Salem and we got an Airbnb so we could, you know, have trick-or-treaters and live there and not just sort of be like in a hotel. Oh, that's cool. So you had like real Salem trick-or-treaters come to your door? Yes. Well, we had them from Marblehead, which is the town sort of like two seconds away across the harbour. And that was sort of good because Salem itself get really packed. Like there's just tourists everywhere. For Halloween, like I'm sure Salem people are like, but I got to gear up for Halloween because all of these people are coming. <clears throat> I didn't see all of Salem, but a lot of it. It's definitely a lot of the shops are obviously geared towards witchy things and spooky, Halloweeny sort of things. I'd be interested to go there some other time in the year and kind of see what's happening in Salem when it's not Halloween. <laughs> yeah, but that's I think still really cool. Thinks of Salem as Halloween town. So the rest of the time, they're probably, I'm not quite sure, they're just doing normal town things. But <laughs> So yes, but that was that was really cool. We went to all the witch museums and 
did a few walking tours and they included a few hocus pocus filming locations on that because really there are a couple in salem and a couple were in marblehead but obviously sadly most of it was filmed in la on a set somewhere so (laughs) (laughs) um but i think the outside of the high school when they walk past there's like a that bit was filmed outside somewhere in salem and then there's like a bit when they're walking outside in the leaves and allison puts on a cool red coat that bit is like a strip through a park in the middle of Salem. Wow. That was and the town hall that is in the film. They filmed the actual Salem town hall. Not inside, but they filmed the outside. Well that's yeah. nice. At least they have some of it, right? They could have done it all in LA and be like, this is Salem. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, so at least there's a few Salem-y bits. I think everything that was sort of most of the stuff outside was kind of except for the big graveyard at the end, that was obviously a set. <laughs> well. <laughs> well, yes, but I the know. graveyard at the beginning when Max kind of goes through and those stupid guys steal his shoes, that cemetery um was actually like a block away from the house I was staying in. Wow, that's cool. So there I was, but I didn't walk through because I didn't want ice to steal my shoes. <laughs> <laughs> Fair. <laughs> You should come to my hometown of New York one of these days for Halloween because the village parade here is pretty awesome. Definitely a different feel from small town Salem, but it's a huge tradition here. And if you look up images, it's like a really awesome parade. I'm sure it was cooler like back then. I don't want to sound like a hipster. But like now it's a little like before everyone knew about it and it was cool. Now it's it's a little commercialized. Um, But but that's an awesome parade too, (laughs) though once. I was dressed as a made-up superhero. I just made up a superhero. I don't remember what it even was. And some girl smacked me in the butt very, very, very hard. And I didn't know her. That wasn't cool. That's not cool. (laughs) Yes, because it hurt for two weeks. Very not cool. Mm. I suppose not cool for lots of reasons. You know, violence reasons, consent reasons, I guess. But don't let that scare you. That does not always happen at that parade. <laughs> that just happened to me the one time. So don't right. let that scare you. Village Parade is cool. And also close, <laughs> close to where I live is Sleepy Hollow. And they do Halloween mm. right, too. Yes. Well, you'd hope they would because they also have a spooky history, I guess. <laughs> yeah, Halloween's definitely a fun time. It, it's it's starting to get cold mm-hmm. now. We had, like, way too long of a, uh, a summer. And now it's cold, oh. and now I feel like it's finally Halloween season. So Shawnee, (laughs) you've dressed up, I'm assuming for Halloween, Mm -hmm. if you went trick-or-treating, because if you went, if you go trick-or-treating without dressing up, then shame on you. (laughs) Yeah, then you're sort of just like a weird kid (laughs) wanting lollies off people and you're just a bit gross. (laughs) What's your favorite Halloween costume that you've ever dressed up in? Um... Well, I've had a lot over the years. Um, I've been, I think I've been a jack-o'-lantern about three times um, <laughs> at different ages. But um, my favorite costume, um, which my mum made, which she makes most of my costumes, actually. She's amazing at costumes. And actually, often she does them by hand because sort wow. of over the years we've had varying levels of sewing machines. So, some, so that particular Halloween, the sewing machine, it was, it was a pretty good one, but it decided not to work um because i was going as a dead ballerina so my mom made me this amazing tutu out of black tulle and i think that's why i think the sewing machine and the tulle weren't working together so that so she ended up sewing this full tutu all the pleats sewing it onto a waistband by hand wow that's dedication thanks mom but it looked really good um, we'd sort of put like pale powder on my face, which we didn't have to put much because I'm quite pale anyway, <laughs> uh, luckily, even though I live in Australia. Because it gets so hot here, we 
tend to stay inside and use a lot of sunscreen. So we're actually, <laughs> there's some paleys around and I'm one of them. Um, but also by the end of the evening, I was even paler because unfortunately that day I'd obviously been building up a bit of a flu and then it had decided to arrive on Halloween at the night of the party. So sort of over the party, I just got sicker and sicker and sicker. But that sort of worked because then I was deathly pale and that worked perfectly with my costume. But by the end, I was sort of just <laughs> drooped on the couch in the corner, just feeling really sorry for myself, but I, looking in character. So yeah, I, I was going to say, you became the dead ballerina. I did, but that was that was probably my favorite. But there have been many others. And because he can't really... Now you can sort of buy a Halloween costume at a shop. But for a long time, you couldn't. So it's like if you wanted a costume, someone had to make it. It's better you, that you way, couldn't. though. You get more creative that way. Otherwise, you just look a bit like, sometimes those costumes look a bit, you just went and bought a dodgy costume. Yeah, those like costumes in a bag. Yeah, and they're a bit cheap and nasty. So handmade is the best. What will you be wearing this year for Halloween? <sighs> um, well, oh, when is this coming out? I don't, I don't know if I can uh, oh, reveal what my costume uh, okay, is, okay. because I haven't told anyone. People keep asking me, and I keep going, it's a secret. Well, it's coming out um, technically before is. Halloween, so maybe you don't yes, want to reveal it. Yes, well, I don't want to, <laughs> I don't want to reveal it, because we are having a party, not on Halloween. Oh, terrible, but Halloween is a weeknight this year, so people wanted a party, but we went, well, I don't want to throw a massive party on a Wednesday, so we're doing it the weekend before but yeah, I haven't told anyone, but I did purchase a vintage Halloween clothing item Ooh. that my costume is based around. So you'll have to do us a favor that when your costume is revealed, you'll have to let us know on the High School Slumber Party Twitter page. I will. I can do that. You'll have to drop that knowledge on us because we're all eagerly mm -hmm. waiting. And let us know how your party goes. That sounds fun. I will. I think it'll be good. We've got games and dead finger pizza. It's all, it's all <laughs> happening. Awesome. <laughs> okay, so yeah. we do this every week at the High School Slumber Party as well, and I don't want to forget it. You already said um, mm -hmm. a sleeping bag last time, but if you had to pick mm. any ideal Halloween sleeping bag, what would it be? Um, well, I have sort of thought about this. Probably because I love witches. I love spooky witch stuff, probably because I've always wanted to be one, and I'm still upset that, I, that I'm not, that it hasn't <laughs> happened. It would probably be like a midnight blue kind of color, and maybe be, it would have stars on it, maybe some moons, but it would probably be a bit sort of shiny and silvery, stars and moons, and that, that would probably be a really good sleeping bag, I think. Sounds good to me. Mm. So you know what it is? It's what you said. It's not scary, but it's still mm. Halloween, you know? Yes. I'm happy with the spookiness. I just can't watch any scary things because, like, I'm a big scaredy cat and I just, I know my limits, so <laughs> I don't do that. I don't do that to myself. No, I don't watch horror films because I just, yeah, I get nightmares and then I can't sleep and then I'm just imagining creepy things jumping out at me all the time. So <laughs> I just, I have to say no. Today's film is definitely not a horror film. So it uh, definitely isn't. <laughs> I mean, there's probably some horrifying moments. Yes, but not specifically a younger brother who is extremely yeah, horrifying. But but we'll not talk in the traditional it. horror sense, but there's some <laughs> horrific. So when people. was the first time you saw Teen Witch? Um, well, I saw it for the first time this year, and I have now since seen it four times. Wow! I just something about it just keeps bringing me back. But I'd heard. <laughs> the movie and kind of it's never on tv here and you can't buy it anywhere 
<clears throat> in Australia. Um, luckily, they had it on the iTunes store, so I rented it. Um, I have finally, because I watched it so many times, bought a DVD from eBay because it's not even on Netflix here, which is like, ugh. Crazy. So, um, <laughs> Now, this film, this is the first year I saw it, too. I'd seen clips here and there, and I'd seen people talk about it. It's a movie that a lot of podcasts have talked about because Mm. of how, like, awesomely bad it is. But you kind of, like, piqued my interest uh, last time you were on on the Kissing Booth. Can't believe we're still talking about Kissing Booth. But last time you were on... Well, even then, I was trying to pretend... I wasn't talking about the kissing booth and I just kept talking about Teen Witch instead of (laughs) hoping we'd just forget and then it would become a podcast about Teen Witch instead. But no, we did it properly. It was about the kissing booth. But (laughs) even from that, people could tell my love of this film. (laughs) Well, you brought up uh, the white rappers and (laughs) the white rapping crew and it Uh, it made me look up top that. And for mm. a little bit, I was, like, really obsessed to top that. I'm sure I'm, like, years behind everyone or whatever. <laughs> and I was showing it to all my friends. I'm like, I got to see this movie. We got to do this movie this year. So we're finally here. This is our Halloween special. Uh, happy <laughs> Halloween, everyone. Oh, <laughs> uh, so exciting. Our Halloween slumber party special, Spooky. Uh, and and mm-hmm. it is this film, Teen Witch. Now, Teen Witch. This film, um, it really, it's really a cult classic. It gained such a cult following. But when it came out mm. in the box office, it did terribly. It only made $3,800 the first day and $2,700 yeah. in total on its run, which is, like, mind-boggling to me because, look, obviously this movie is, is not good and it's not going to appeal to many people. <laughs> but it yeah. should appeal to teenagers at least, like, getting fooled by a trailer. Like, hey, young people in a spooky movie. Yeah, or maybe because they didn't really have much of a budget. Or they probably didn't really have much money to spend afterwards to <laughs> advertise. Maybe. It was probably kind of just no one knew it, and then it was just this movie at the cinema, and people were like, mm, maybe I'll see that. I don't know. But I think it's one of those that it just needs time to find its audience. Well, it clearly yeah. did, because this is a very talked-about movie now. So I did a little research, mm. and this movie first got like its first wave of following, <laughs> was when they released it kind of on like HBO and Showtime and and daytime channels like daytime like channels that run movies all the time and it was caught a lot by college students in the middle of the day mm-hmm. like between classes somewhat mocking it in like uh, the <laughs> 90s cuz this is a this is 89 but it's a very 80s film it's very it's more like they made it in 85 yeah. it has more of that like full on maybe it's sort of they were like it's the 80s are coming to the end, but we're just going to go out with a bang. Just <laughs> it's like the entire, 80s. yeah, the entire yeah, 80s like threw up on this movie. It really did. <laughs> and other films were a bit, they were getting a bit less 80s, but no, this, they just went with it. They went for it. <laughs> Absolutely. And really the second wave of this film's cult classic status and its fame came with, um, so in this country we have, we have a channel, it's called Freeform now, but it used to be called ABC Family, and before that, Fox Family. And I'm not sure when they started it, but they did this, well, they used to have, they had the 12 Days of Christmas, then it was like the 30 Days of Christmas, and then they started like the 13 Days of Halloween, which is just straight Halloween films. And it's really kind of what you were talking about, Shani, in terms of, like, it's, it's a family channel. So they run constant mm. Halloween films, but they can't show like horror films which most people associate with halloween so they would just show whatever family halloween films they had casper as you mentioned hocus pocus a lot 
And they would run this film, and it was on TV all the time, and people just really started watching it and basically saying, like, what the hell is this? I'm sure it wasn't that expensive to get the rights to it, too. Like, it's really gained a following through that. Mm, Yeah, Um, I have heard of that channel. Sadly, yeah, we don't get that here. But I would love if there was a channel that just played all of my Halloween favorites, because, you know, (laughs) they're the Halloween I can watch, because they're for families. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, mean, um, I feel like you would yeah. be all over those 13 days of Halloween. I would love that. Hasn't it been extended this year? Isn't it like 31 days of Halloween? Oh, yeah. I'm sure a couple of years ago, like, I know it's definitely 31 now, and I'm sure it was mm. the last couple. Like, the Christmas one started as 12, and then they turned it to the whole month. And so I'm assuming a couple of years ago, it went from 13 to 31 days of Halloween, because why wouldn't you take advantage of that? Yeah, just. You know, take advantage of Halloween month, as I refer to it as, because, you know, you celebrate Christmas for that long. Christmas, you're kind of doing stuff a month before Christmas. So why not with Halloween? Just extend the fun. Absolutely. And it's funny because, like, Halloween is the last day of October, but we associate October with Halloween. So you get a month-long mm. buildup, which is nice. Mm. It does mean... After that, you always feel a bit sad because then you go like, oh, it's been a month of Halloween. It's been fun. And then it is over. It's like when Christmas finishes, it's always like, oh, that's such a build up. And now it's been. And and then like the day after, it's not like the day after you can still watch a Christmas film or watch Focus Focus. (laughs) Like, mm, it just feels wrong now because it just, I know it's over. So we have like Thanksgiving in between Christmas and Halloween. And that's nice because yeah. you just, again, rolling over to, in, into these holidays, which is... Yeah, I think we could do with a few more holidays here. Obviously, doing Thanksgiving would be weird because, yeah. Halloween, <laughs> <laughs> you can sort of adapt it to whatever country, but obviously Thanksgiving, because it came from a historical thing that didn't happen here. Um, yeah, if we tried to do Thanksgiving, I think people would definitely go, you can't do that because that is an American thing. Yeah, but you, you could find something. There's plenty of cool stuff in Australia. Yeah, but yeah, we sort of then just Fun pack away. day, I don't know. Until Christmas, really, so. <laughs> but not really that long, because there's already, all the shops already have Christmas stuff everywhere. Wow. And probably have something that. Oh. <laughs> uh, often mid-September, the shops start unpacking the Christmas and it's like, oh, soon. I don't want to see mince pies in the supermarket because it's September. I don't know if I think I've ever year- seen a minced pie yeah. in my supermarket. So, <laughs> yeah, I think because I think it's they're a British thing. Yeah, very much a Commonwealth food. Have that, but yeah, I don't really think you would go in for mince pies. <laughs> and mince pies, it's fruit mints because uh, people might think it's like a small. Because we have meat pies, but meat pies and mince pies are very different. Interesting. The other one is a fruit mince. So there's, it's like a sweet thing rather than, (laughs) it's sort of the only kind of sweet pie that we have. Because here we have meat pies. And unlike in America, we don't really do fruit pies. So we don't, we do apple pie. But apart from that, it's not like cherry pie. If you want a pie, you have to make it yourself. Kyle, our host of Foodie Films, will be very disappointed about that but we do have a lot of pies with meat instead of that that would not have been good for american pie no oh no um (laughs) no it wouldn't because that oh um i mean obviously an apple pie is not good either because no no and and we went into um, that but no pie is good as a meat pie (laughs) because we 
have sort of normal sized meat pies, which are kind of, they're kind of like a, the size of the palm of your hand and they're kind of uh. like a sort of shape. But we also have party pies, party which pies. are just a small round meat pie, but um, a staple at all children's parties. But the thing about them, when you heat them up in the oven, doesn't matter how long, you know, the outside is sort of just warm to the touch, but the inside is piping hot. And it doesn't matter how long you wait, the minute you bite into your pie, you completely burn the inside of your mouth because it's just something about the <laughs> the, mid, the middle of that. So, yeah, if American Pie had done that with a party pie, um, yeah, he would have um, been going to the hospital for burn. <laughs> <laughs> Australian <laughs> Pie would be a very, very different film. Oh dear! Um, oh my God! No, I don't even. <laughs> don't even. Whoa. Australian, Australian listeners, yeah, please, please block your ears. Don't, don't listen to that. Whoa, whoa. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so this film, Teen Witch, though, if you yeah. haven't seen it, shame on you. Stop this podcast. Watch the film. Yeah, right now and go and watch Teen Witch, and then come back. Not to another podcast. Come back to this. Yes, come back to this one. We're going to do a deep dive, but we need you to have some yeah. background knowledge. And if, you, if you're not going to see it, hopefully the back of this VHS cover will help. Yeah, it'll fill in. <laughs> Something, I suppose. Romance mm-hmm. is the most powerful spell of all. Or as one oh. teenager learns in this fun teen fantasy... Filled with sweet-natured comedy and supernatural appeal. Oh, I did not put my commas right there. (laughs) Uh, Teen Witch will work its magic on you. Louise is a shy misfit with a huge crush and no chance of dating Brad, the hunky star of the high school football team. When Louise discovers on her 16th birthday that she is descended from the Salem Witches, she uses her newfound powers to become the most powerful girl on campus. But when sparks fly between her and Brad, how can she be sure that it's true love or that he's not simply spellbound? Well, I mean, that give, I think it gives you enough of an overview. <laughs> I, feel like, I feel like the use of misfit is probably a little bit strong. I wouldn't say she is. I think it's just... She's not like super dorky. She's no. just kind of a bit quiet and really smart. So because of that, obviously, no one thinks. It's yeah, cool. but it's not like like really weird. She's just kind of no one notices her because she's smart and quiet and seems to be taking some senior classes, even though she's not a senior. Yeah, but she's not like that's a little weird. There's nothing bit about her. She's not like in some weird subculture or something. No, <laughs> like I mean, there's a lot of weir- there's a lot of weird moments in this film that make no sense. Like, uh, well, mm. at least no sense to me. Like, she's a pretty girl, and we all see that, and she's smart. Um, but like, there, there's one line she says eventually. She's like, "Oh, I wish Brad." Something along the lines of, "I wish Brad didn't just see me as a smart person." Like, that's yeah, that's not a bad thing, <laughs> you know. Yeah, I think because. He does just see her as a smart person. He doesn't notice that she's like a, a girl under there. I don't know. I don't she's know. just like a brain. But, you know, Brad's not the sharpest no, tool he, in the shed. No, he certainly isn't. But she, a lot yeah. of times in this film, she's like, objectify me. Objectify me. You know, like that's what she's... Uh, <laughs> I'm just thinking about... So th- like a- this film gets 38% on Rotten Tomatoes by the critics. So not very popular there. But 75% by the audience. 
Well, that makes sense. Like, I can see if you were judging it critically, obviously, it would have a lower score. But yeah, if you're judging it on enjoyment, it would have a higher score. If you're just putting all this other stuff aside, if you just ignore all the bad technical things and just enjoy it, then it rates higher. And that's what makes it awesomely bad, right? Like, that's what makes it a fun, bad movie to watch. Yeah, because there's a whole lot of (laughs) choices that were made, um, but they're what make it enjoyable. If all of those sort of odd things that don't really seem to fit, if all of that was gone, it would just be a bit average and you'd go like, "Uh, it was all right, but probably wouldn't watch it again so let's run through this cast um robin lively plays louise Mm. miller yes i read that she's sister or half sister of blake lively which is interesting yes i think i've seen a few photos of on the set of this and i think blake was like a toddler or something when this was she was on the set (laughs) a few times her um that robin lively's brother-in-law um he was also in a film about a teen witch Uh, Because Ryan Reynolds was in the TV movie pilot for Sabrina the Teenage Witch. Oh, you're right. Wow, good call there. They kind of wanted to float the idea and see if anyone would be interested. So they kind of did a TV movie. The only person that remained in the show was Melissa Joan Hart. Everyone else. Oh, and I think her friend in the movie, but that she had a different name in the show. But everyone else was sort of gone from that movie. But obviously it kind of got enough interest that the studio kind of went sure we'll make a show yeah but um yeah so obviously teen witch things kind of run in the lively families i guess absolutely (laughs) and robin lively was like 16 17 when she was shooting this which is like the age of the character which is great i think she might have been 15 when they started which means she was still a minor so she couldn't film as often so i think I think I read somewhere that her parents sort of went, well, because she's in acting, we were thinking about sort of legally emancipating her, mm. which then they did that during the film, which meant she was allowed the same hours as everyone over minor age. Yay. Okay. <laughs> Someone who was not a teenager was Dan Gauthier. Gauthier, I'm not sure how to pronounce the last name, but he played Brad. He was yeah, 22, uh-huh. and he definitely looks it in this film. Yeah, you sort of go like, mm, no, no, it looks a little bit like Brad has been held back. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, maybe he was, because he, I don't, I don't know, I don't really think academics are his strong, strong suit. But <laughs> Isn't he going to college, though? Like, I think, but... Yeah, and I think at the end they talk about he got into, like, Stanford. Yeah, but, uh, it was somewhere really? really good, yeah. And I'm like, no like, way. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he, he's going there, but he needs freaking tutoring lessons from like someone who's much younger than him (laughs) yeah and he needs tutoring in english (laughs) obviously the romantic poets are not his area i think that's what they're covering in that class i guess i guess not um so you have zelda rubenstein or rubenstein uh playing madame serena and she plays um she's been in a lot of films similar to this most notably well not similar to this but in terms of like sci-fi spooky things uh most notably poltergeist she was a very important character in that this house is clean Mm, um, i think she was also in 16 candles oh yes that's right she's at the wedding right little organ player lady that walks up to molly ringwald and to me it always sounds like she's got like a 
bottle of something in her handbag because she kind of makes like a weird liquidy sort of noise as she like walks towards her. <laughs> <laughs> and she has but, such a great yeah. voice, like such a unique voice. Yeah. <laughs> um, let's see. The parents are played by Karen Kane, plays Margaret Miller, and Dick Sargent, notably, plays yeah. the father, and he was the father on Bewitched. <laughs> Yes, he was Darren version 2. Yes, Darren ver- version 2.0. The replacement Darren. That, uh, <laughs> I mean, I think people noticed, but not enough to stop them liking the show. No, because <laughs> the first guy was Dick York, and this guy's Dick Sargent. And then, yes. and then I guess technically the third guy, I don't know his name mm-hmm. in the film, but he was like some version of Will Ferrell from the film Bewitched. Yes, um, I think in that he's called Jack something, because in... The Nora Ephron Bewitched film, rather than just doing a straight up remake of the story, they've kind of made it like it's set in LA, and then they're both actors doing a reboot of Bewitched. So then he is playing Darren in the reboot in the movie, but then obviously Nicole Kidman is playing Samantha, but in the movie she's actually a witch as well. <laughs> so yeah, he sort of, he's kind of like a two point five. Darren, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> and there out. you go. You, you got an Australian witch. Yes. And she plays, she's played a witch twice because she was in Practical Magic as oh, well. Oh, that's right. Wow. A lot of witch connections today in our Halloween special. Mm. Yes. I know a lot about witches and movies and ugh, yeah, I just watch them all the time. <laughs> uh, other people I want to mention, Elisa Fuller plays Randa. And I'm mentioning her because... I know you know this, but she married Brad in real life after this film. Yes, because I think they just all spent so much time together that they started going out. And then a few years later, after this movie, they got married. And I think I think they're still together. Yeah, they're still married. I looked it up. That's great. Good job, Brad and Randa. <laughs> <laughs> Brad and Randa were meant to be. They were. Okay, so let's see. Oh, we have Noah Blake, who's Rhett, who's like the leader of like the White Rappers. Um I mentioned because he's the son of Robert Blake, the accused murderer. (laughs) We have Marsha Wallace, who's a comedy legend. She plays Ms. Mallory. So she's like the drama teacher slash costume person slash. I think she's like the head head of the drama department, I I think. (laughs) But yeah, there's like costumes and the play, and she's just the sort of zany, fun teacher that probably everyone wishes they had at school because. She was just kind of, you know, she seems to understand the teens rather than just be horrible like some of the other teachers in the film. Especially in this film, yeah. So two more people I'll mention um, that definitely is Mandy Ingber, who plays Polly. I love Polly in this film. Polly's my favorite character. (laughs) Yeah, I think mine as well. All those hats. Polly, just rocking hats. All over the place. <laughs> and, and you actually have a Polly pin, right? I do. And it says, it's kind of her in her outfit from the top of that scene. And it says top of that underneath. When this episode comes out, you have to post that on our Twitter page so we can share it. Yes, I definitely will. Um, I'll probably, I'll be wearing the pin the day this episode comes out. Just to, you know, probably, I, I haven't actually worn it yet. So. Oh, nice. Debuting that pin. And you are an avid collector of pins. And so I appreciate it. Yeah. I appreciate all the high school pins you have. Yes, I have quite a few of those because I just love high school movies so much. So. <laughs> but I, I have to say, I like your You've Got Mail pin collection. 
Ah, yes. Um, I've been looking for that for, oh, forever. And then I was just like, oh, no one makes. You've got mail pins. But then I found this really cool set that it's Meg Ryan and Tom Hanks's heads from the movie. Oh. And when I went to New York last time I was there, I went to Cafe Lalo from the film um, and I wore my pins. So they've been to New York with me. <laughs> well, when the Tom Hanks podcast comes out on the Cage Club Podcast Network, you definitely have to post the pictures of your pins for that one. Yes, I definitely will. Um, fingers crossed that they are kind to the Nora Ephron Tom Hanks film. They better be. They are my absolute favorite. So <laughs> I'll, I'll definitely be listening, but I'll be ready to whip my headphones off my head if I have to. <laughs> <laughs> I just, I cannot. I will not hear a bad word against that or Sleepless in Seattle. I just, <laughs> I, I just can't because I love it so much. So just be warned. <laughs> and the last uh, actor I'll mention is, mm. I, I think he's your favorite character, even though you said Polly was, and that's jo- um, Joshua John Miller as Richie. I think he's more my favorite. He's, he's kind of my favorite, but more just because he's so gross. But he's probably like, my gross favorite, but my favorite is Polly. <laughs> <laughs> Discuss him in some detail. Um, but yes, the actor that played Richie, um, he actually has a couple of connections on this network. Um, he has a direct connection to Keanu Club because I think in River's Edge, which I haven't seen, but I have listened to that episode, he's the creepy little, he's Keanu's creepy little brother. Wow. And then he sort of has an sort of indirect connection to wistful thinking um, because he is the half-brother of Jason Patrick from The Lost Boys, which I rewatched that recently and I do not see the resemblance. (laughs) (laughs) Um, I'm sorry. I'm sorry, little Richie. But, I mean, like, Michael from The Lost Boys, he has lovely, soft, curly hair and kind of looks a bit like Jim Morrison. So like, you know, very attractive. And then obviously Richie is doesn't look like that. Obviously he was a little boy, so obviously he looked a bit different, but he was a bit creepy and often had cake all over his face. So you mentioned wistful thinking because also right speed two cruise control. Um yeah he was the dodgy replacement Keanu in Speed Two. Hashtag bookcast. That was him. So yeah, Richie has a lot of connections going on wow. on this podcast. Who knew? But, well, I <laughs> yes. knew. <laughs> yes. Well, yes, you did, <laughs> but, but not many other people. <laughs> no one else. All right, a couple other things before we, we dive into the, some scenes here. Um, this was supposed to be a Teen Wolf spinoff originally, but that was given oh. up quickly, but hence the title. The only thing that's probably similar is just Teen Witch, Teen Wolf. Yeah, and it's about teens, but that's yes. where the end. <laughs> Um, this was originally written as a musical, but it seems like they gave that up pretty much halfway uh, through the writing process, I'd say. Well, do you count this as a musical? Um, I'm not really sure, because it does have songs in it, but generally in the movie, they're actually real songs. Like, it's not a song instead of dialogue. It's sort of, if someone's singing, they're actually singing on purpose. It's So I don't really... I wouldn't really count as a musical. It has music, especially written for the film. But yeah, I think the musical kind of has to be a song instead of dialogue, but really they're not actually 
if you were there in that situation, they'd be talking, they wouldn't actually be singing. But this is more just, there's a song. And sometimes the songs are kind of just in the background, so no one is singing them. Yes, no one in sometimes. The and then sometimes they're, like the, the one in the locker room, I Like Boys. <laughs> yeah, but I suppose that's less a musical number because they actually are singing it. Yeah, it's more like a musical video that just happens. <laughs> yeah, but they're sort of practicing a new cheer, so they actually are actually singing, so it's not kind of like a, yeah, sort of musical <laughs> It's not like the Phantom of the Opera or like Cats or something, it's not. And you know what's, but... what's a shame? They never released the soundtrack to this film. I would love to have no, the soundtrack. And I think now there's some weird copyright thing or no one owns the copyright or something. Someone owns it and now there's no... I think even if now they wanted to release I don't think they could. Oh, that's a shame. And also, I don't know if they kept all of the masters of the tape or <laughs> whatever. So I don't actually know if they could release one because I don't know if they have the songs anymore. I don't but it's a shame because, oh, that would be fun. With that on, driving around in your car, singing Most Popular Girl to yourself. I do know most of the words. <laughs> I won't sing here today. I only sing alone. So, <laughs> yeah, you can sing along later when you watch the film, everyone. So <laughs> Absolutely. One last note before we mm-hmm. dive into scenes is that this movie did very well in the Philippines. The one mm-hmm. country did very well because they took all the songs out of the movie and put songs from Michael Jackson's Thriller album. I'm sure illegally, but apparently that version yeah. did incredibly well. well. Mm-hmm. I'm not quite sure how the songs would fit in to the scene, but Yeah, I mean, I think uh I think if you don't know English anyway, that doesn't really, mm. doesn't really matter if it fits into the scene or not. Yeah, you just like the tune, just bopping along to Thriller. <laughs> hmm. Oh, man. All right, let's go into the scenes here. We're not going to tackle everything. No. But we have to talk about this opening scene, because what the hell is this? First of all, it's oh. so long. It's like a sexy sax song. Which I didn't realize yeah. it's the same song that the musician sings later in the film, but just a different version of yeah. it. I think, because, spoiler alert, this is a dream sequence. Um, so I think this song is the one playing on her, like, clock radio when she wakes up. So oh, was okay. Kind of Shana, is that her name? Yeah, yeah I think that's Shana. the name of singer lady. So obviously she's on the radio and then she's in town for a concert. So I think that's why it's that song. But, yeah, you kind of, because the first time I watched this, I rented it on iTunes. So obviously I'd clicked onto the Teen Witch page. So I was definitely watching Teen Witch. <laughs> and, and then there was this like sexy saxophone through the breeze. And I was sort of like, um, is this like an error? Have they linked this to the wrong movie or something? But then very quickly Teen Witch is on the screen. So you go like, uh, uh, this isn't kind of what I was expecting. Oh my God. It's so weird. It's and then like the blue scarf floating through the thing and she's wearing red and Brad's like wandering around and they're doing weird dancing and then there's these really weird steep, really steep steps and she's just climbing. I don't even know how she gets up there because they're, they're so steep. Yeah, she, isn't she <laughs> wearing like fancy shoes? Yeah, and her like fancy red ruchy 80s dress and then they're like dancing backwards on a ledge on a rooftop and then she is on the top of the steps and then jumps down apparently because Brad's going to catch her but then she wakes up <laughs> because it's a, it's a dream sequence and then you go oh okay this is a bedroom there's pastels this looks like a teen room 
obviously we're back on track now. This is Teen Witch. We weren't sure at the beginning, but... <laughs> yeah, and this, like, her hair... This is the only scene... I mean, look, her hair is very crazy in this film, but this is the only scene I feel like her hair is, like, terrible. And that's on purpose. It's on purpose because it's bad hair. And I think she looks like she's got blotches of, like, cream on her face. Maybe, like, purple cream or something. So it's not it's not the best look. But, but honestly, it's not nearly the most horrible thing in this scene. Yeah, you haven't even really properly been introduced to Louise. I mean, we've she's been dancing. We've seen her. She's awake. But I guess the first character that we really meet is Richie. Ugh. Richie, get out of there, you little pinhead. <laughs> Touch me and die, lady. Ew. Why don't you keep your food in your own pigsty? Are you nuts? That's the first place mom would look. All you think about is food. All you think about is Brad, the red hot lover. Brad, the great. Oh, Brad. You have been reading my diary again, haven't you? <gasps> Brad, Loretta, I love, oh, oh, darling, oh. If I ever, ever catch you reading this again, I promise, I will, oh. Brad, kiss me, darling. Oh, I love to feel your arms around me. Uh, absolutely grotesque, creepy, creepy brother. A I feel like he's monster. Probably, like, most grotesque movie sibling ever, I think. I, I feel like the only one that could come close to his grossness is the brother in Weird Science. <laughs> He's pretty grotesque as well, but in a different way. But Richie is just, just a monster all to himself. He's just, ugh. But yeah, we kind of, I think Louise sort of sits up and all of a sudden you hear like a noise and then it pans down to under the bed. And then there's this boy with a box with a cake in it not a bit of cake. He's got a whole cake. And then there's chocolate all over his face. And he's like shoving this cake in his mouth. And then he gets like whipped out from under the bed because someone at the other end, apparently Louise, but I feel like it probably was an adult. <laughs> he gets like whipped out of under the bed really quickly. And I don't feel like she could, because he's not really that much shorter than her. So I don't feel like she'd be able to whip him out that quickly. No. But yes, he gets whipped out under the bed. And then she's like, ah, what are you doing in here? And he's like, well, I've got to hide my food somewhere because mom will find it in my room. So obviously Richie is like a weird eater. Yeah. And they try and stop. He's like a compulsive eater. It's seven o'clock in the morning. <laughs> he's fully already under the bed and he's already eaten like half a cake. And does this kid, is- does this kid ever go to school? Like, it just seems like he just, he's like always yeah, at maybe- home making weird food. He must go to a different school. And obviously Richie just does other stuff in the day. We're not <laughs> sure what he's doing. But yeah, then he kind of, Gets out and then it's just like really creepy and gross and then starts like, oh, I think because when he was also eating cake, he's holding like a bit of paper in his hand, which turns out it's her diary and he's been reading her diaries with cake all over his face going like, you know, Brad, my darling, and then all this stuff and then refers to him as Brad, the red hot lover. <laughs> Louise refers to him as in her in a diary. So he's like spouting all this stuff and then. What was with Richie's accent? Like, what was the deal with that? Yeah, I'm not really sure. I think because later on... Yeah, I'm not really sure. I think because later on he has more of a different accent. Um, But yeah, he does kind of... He's putting on like a weird voice because he's like making fun of her and reading a diary. So he's putting on this sort of like, oh, Brad, my darling. He's putting on like this weird voice. He's like but then later he's on, like an old ra- radio from the 50s, you know? Yeah, and it's sort of... 
I'm not sure if he just turned up and went, this is how I feel Richie should be. <laughs> or he just sort of turned up and was doing that and I went, look, we don't have tons of money. We don't have time to do a whole lot of cuts. So just just go, just do Richie. Just do what you want. Because it's kind of, he's just really bizarre. Yeah. Yeah, but <laughs> he kind of has this weird kind of, yeah, old radio accent. Like he's an old-timey gangster or something, but actually he's a boy. But it's like he's a weird old man that just happens to look like a boy. I mean, it's never, it's <laughs> never proven that he is a boy. He could just be a weird old man that lives in, in, in their house. Yeah, and they always just refer to him as... I don't even know if they refer to him as their brother. We just assume that. So maybe he's... Yeah, he could be Grandpa Richie. Like a Benjamin Button type thing. <laughs> like reverse aging. Perhaps. <laughs> yeah, we'll get into more of Richie because he's pretty disgusting right now, but it gets worse. <laughs> What the hell? I I can't seem to play the rest of the track. Oh man, I don't know why we're experiencing these technical difficulties. I'm really sorry, guys. I think we're going to have to have a Halloween special part two next week. I mean, I apologize. I apologize to Shawnee. I mean, I'll try to fix it between this week and next week, and I'm sure we can hear more about Teen Witch, because I know you're excited. You know what? We'll definitely have part two next week. I have the raw, the raw recording, so... I guess I'll re-edit it. Just, I don't know. My friends are being weird. Things are just so bizarre right now. Uh, anyway, your homework assignment is, if you haven't seen Teen Witch, I guess watch Teen Witch. And also, have a safe Halloween. A safe and happy Halloween. We'll be back on the other side of a Halloween. I'll let you know how it goes. Um, oh yeah, how could I forget? Get John Cusack to unblock us. Talk to him on Twitter and say, get the at High School Slumber Party or HS Slumber Party page unblocked from you, John Cusack. By the way, just a reminder, you can follow us on Twitter, High School Slumber Party, Facebook, Instagram. Chat me up. Let me know. Uh, maybe you have some technical advice to fix this weird issue we're having today. I would really, really appreciate that. And don't forget to listen to all the other great shows on cageclub.me. That's cageclub.me. By the way, I was on Wistful Thinking Sister Show, which I sort of a little bit helped create, like a very significant amount, but they let me be on an episode. It's called What Am I Eating? And it literally is exactly that. You want to definitely, definitely check that out. So yeah, I'm going to get to uh, working on fixing next week's episode. I'll leave you with... Oh! I'll leave you with Top That. I'm so upset we didn't get to talk about it. I think we like mentioned it a little bit, but... Uh, hopefully if I can fix this, and I will, don't worry, come back for part two, but hopefully we can have a really deep dive into top that and inspire some of you to YouTube this video and share it with your friends. But for now, here's Rhett, I guess Rhett, Rhett Capaletti is his name in the film, doing top that. Uh, what the hell's going on? Um, Later, dudes. I'm hot, and you're not. To hang with me, I'll give it one shot. Top that, top that. You can do all that you can, but you'll never top that.
expected, not respected. Who would ever really want to go and top that? Such a waste of pretty face, but hanging in your nose face. I wish that you would take a look and really stop that. Top that. Well, stop that. I don't really give up about trying to top that. Top that. Stop that. I wish you finally take a real look and really stop that. It's over. Go home. Go.